What's good, everyone? All Don't Lie Australia, episode 68. Here we are in the studio. I'm your host, Dan Ellen. Joining me as he does every week, Mel Crawford. The big dog. How you doing over there, buddy? Pumped as always. Big show ahead. Oof. Won't give too much away that everyone already knows about. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to chat the NBL finals. We're going to preview the grand final series. Put out predictions on wax like we love to do. We're going to have a look at the NBA round two matchups. Unfortunately, I won't get to celebrate for long. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that soon. And of course, the NBL One North is mm. back with a bang. Yeah, baby. Absolutely star-studded league there. And round one action did not disappoint. We'll give you the highlights. It is coming up later in the show. But first, Mal, as we record, this day that we're about to speak of is tomorrow. Mm. As you are listening, if you're listening on drop day, of course, the day we're about to speak of was yesterday. So, a bit of inception sort of stuff here. but Well, well, yesterday will, will have we're been... We're talking about the future while people are listening to the past. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's one way to overcomplicate it. Well done. <laughs> uh, of course, he's talking about May the 4th was yesterday, but that's okay because... No, it's tomorrow. It was yesterday <laughs> when you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on drop day, of course. But that's okay because if you're listening on drop day, that just means today is the Revenge of the Fifth. So, Ooh. yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we did the we do this every year where we're also Star Wars fans. I don't want to, you know, oversell how big mm. of you know, I don't want to sell us on Star Wars nerds, but we're definitely fans. Um, last year we talked about our favorite movie. This year we'll just do a quick thing on my uh, our first sort of Star Wars style experience or one of our favorites. Um, I remember actually, I'll jump off first. My first time watching the movies was back when they were actually on TV with full ads and everything, and they did a proper... Were they in colour? Yes. (laughs) Smart Alec. (laughs) Just channeling my dad there with my comeback. Um, they, They actually did them in proper order and made it a big event and advertised it for a couple of weeks and yada, yada, yada. It was just a new hope. Empire and then Return of the Jedi just did three Sundays in a row. And they did this thing at the end of each movie where was it they had R2-D2 and C-3PO and they just took through some of the connections that people had through the Star Wars universe. And it was all gro- it was all going great, you know, watched, watched the first one, watched that little bit, watched the next one. And then after Empire, they talked about families and they talked about the Skywalker family and they effectively ruined the end of Return of the Jedi for me uh, because they talked about when a certain character, if you haven't seen it, uh, a certain character saves another character from the Star- Skywalker family and it was just like, what, what, why would you do? So, of course, I knew that going into it. But, you know, still love it. It was... I mean, we can't we can't avoid spoilers here, Mal. If you haven't seen a forty-year-old movie right now, that's that's at, on you. At that stage, it was only twenty-five-ish years old, so you know, not entirely on me. It's not as if I had wild access to things. I was eleven at the time. 
but it still hurt. It still hurt. Ouch. Sorry to hear that, Mel. Mm. I, I guess for me, a little bit different. Uh, sort of my favourite moment, I guess, in terms of the movies being... I don't really remember the first time watching New Hope or anything like that. I just remember I used to watch the three original movies heaps when I was a kid, had them all on VHS, uh, so watched them heaps. Totally unremastered. <laughs> yeah, they were OG. Uh, yeah, just... How OG? When we talk about... <laughs> Mate, I was five. <laughs> VHS. Whatever Star Wars VHSs you could get in the early 90s, that's what they were. Fair enough. Fair and... Enough. Look, being the only person in my family that was into it, parents didn't want a bar of it. I, I guess for me, the first time as a Star Wars fan I could really get behind it, you know, sort of embrace it as something of my own was when The Phantom Menace dropped at the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not not getting that experience when I was younger of going to the movies and seeing it. So off I went. can't remember how old I was. When, when did it come out? 99? Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. So I was about 9 or 10. Um, still got it at home. Little pod racer glasses. Um, and, and that was my first cinema experience for The Phantom Menace uh, and the Star Wars franchise. Never missed another one at the cinema since. Um, even I saw the first of the last trilogy in New York. <laughs> And I saw the nice. final movie in Los Angeles, both on different trips, obviously. Um, but I had to get around it. I wanted to see every movie I could at the cinemas. And, yeah, what an experience. I, I'm on the side. It's not a big side, but I'm on the side that thinks that The Phantom Menace gets a bit too much hate. Uh, I thought it was fun. Still do. But you just got to like it for what it is. Yeah, a weak point in the franchise. But <laughs> without it, you know... There's definitely great moments. In there. It it's not a deep Liam one, Nielsen. but geez, it's fun. And my I, favorite character out of any of the Star Wars movies, Darth Maul. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's a bad man. Mm. I'm in the boat where it had great moments, but as a thing, eh. but the best moment for me by far was when Darth Maul fired off one end of his lightsaber, oh. and then John Williams sprinkles a bit of magic, and then the other end fires off, and it's like. They can do that. What mind blown! Best character in all the Star Wars movies. Bubble also, Fett. best best uh, score. Is that what you call the music? Well done. You know yeah. the Jewel of the Fates. That's my f- best. Uh, my favorite part of any score in the Star Wars franchise as well. Because that was that the same moment with the lightsaber. I know it's when mm-hmm. the door opens mm-hmm. and he's there. Mm. Oh. Gives me chills. Anyway, hopefully people that like basketball are still listening. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We might might circle back here. Um, Take one nerd cap off, put the other one on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's put our basketball nerd hat on. We're going to talk about the NBL finals. Look, because we're a weekly pod here, we're not dropping every day. We're going to try and wrap up five games of basketball from the weekend as well as previewing the five that are to come. So Yeah, right. Look. We'll rip the little band-aid off first. The Hawks versus the Kings. Mm. I mean, some people said Kings giving up home court to the Hawks. They're going to regret it. Certain people sitting in this room said, I don't think Sydney are too worried about where they play. And, yeah, they just laid waste to the Hawks. And 
Game one, look, the Hawks fought back valiantly. Uh, they were down 20-odd, I believe. Um, but, yeah, really tried to get back in this and somewhat did. But, look, I, I wouldn't be upset at Hawks fans going home a bit disappointed after game one there. Um, like, yeah. they, the Kings just walked straight in took their lunch money and walked out, essentially. Uh, held the Hawks to 38% from the field, 24%, shout out Kobe, from deep. There was, like, I thought Duop Reith played really well and he held his own and sort of just owned the interior because, well, the Kings just didn't really stop him, I guess. Uh, 26 and 11 in this one. Um, but Ratham Mays, geez, he's... Probably going to have nightmares of this game. Uh, four of eighteen from the field, and mm. like, I mean, as a mm. as a as a long time Grizzlies fan here, that's that's a Dylan Brooks game. That one, that's just <laughs> I, I'm o of twenty, but the next one's going up because I don't care. It's like, look, funny you should say that because that's uh, there, there's certain elements of that that will tie into this week's uh, machinations of Mal. So, <laughs> um. You know, you look over at the Kings there, Mel, and it's you sort of had concerns about the Hawks because Jarrell Martin, 2 of 13 from the field, Xavier Cooks, not a massive impact. Of course, the MVP, who we haven't given flowers to yet, but there you mm. go. Mm. Uh, the MVP, 36 and 5. He got it done. Don't forget I mean, the steal, mate. Don't forget the steal. Oh. He, I mean, maybe I should throw over to you because I'm not very objective at this point with Jalen Adams. No, no, you, you tend to go all weak and, oh, and make all sorts of weird noises that aren't completely words. But warranted. Didn't say they weren't, mate. <laughs> Didn't say they weren't. Uh, the dude is incredible. He is. Um, that, that's why he's our MVP. You, know, you don't win the NBL MVP for being, you know, moderately good or showing up some of the time. Mm. Um, you know, it's a big consistency award and has been. That's why he's done it. Yeah, look, they got the first one done. The second one, though, was a lot tighter. Game two was a lot tighter to start with, um, but just Sydney stuck with this thing early and just steamrolled. Uh, they just got better and better and better and scored more and more and more until until it was done, until it was genuinely done. And well, the Hawks led by double digits at halftime. Mm. But and then, yeah, they just kept rolling. The, the Kings, Kings with their game plan, which they've shown out since was it game eight or nine of the season when they were, you know. Still fairly well written off by most, but obviously injuries. Everyone returned, has been mostly healthy since, and they have gone on a heck of a roll and just run the basketball down teams' throats. And that's how they finished this game and finished the series. Uh, a little bit shorter than, you know, obviously Hawks fans would have wanted, but that's it, done. Well... I want to ask you something because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying I'm not super objective with Jalen Adams anymore. 
Mm-hmm. A man that you have never been subjective with. I mean, objective yeah. with. Rose Gold Gorge. Yes. Can we somewhat point the finger here? Now, hear me out. Mm-hmm. Double-digit lead, half-time. Things are going well. Yeah. Your starters have played nearly every minute of the half. Yes. This is high-stakes basketball, your season on the line, and there is just no rotation. You had 22 minutes from Rath and Mays. Why is beyond me? Because, again, shot horrible. 10 of 35 from the field for the series. Mm-hmm. Tim Conrad, three minutes. Harry Froling, eight minutes. That's it. That is it. No Isaac White, no Emmett Nah, no Ogilvy. It was just... Okay. We're basically going with six dudes. Good luck. You're playing high-stakes high basketball. You're playing nearly the whole game. And you, I'm just going to hope you're going to perform at the highest level. I mean, you look over it, you just compare it with the Kings. The most minutes played was Jalen Adams, 30. That's it. Okay, and you go back to the Hawks. Their lowest in the starting five was 31 and a half minutes, Tyler Harvey. So, you know, heavy legs here um, for the Hawks. Could Gorgiev maybe... Given some more minutes, not necessarily to change the game at the time, but to save the legs for that fourth quarter. Oh, you can always do things differently, especially in a loss, obviously. Um, and I know hindsight's a beautiful thing, obviously, but... It is. And to look at, you know, sure, that's a reasonable uh, assessment. Um, but at the same time, too, Gorge is going to know exactly what these guys can do. He's with them every day. So, obviously... He's either, you know, harsh to say, but maybe there wasn't a there, – there was something of – there was obviously a reason why he didn't put these uh, these other guys in. Maybe it was belief. Maybe it was a – didn't see it as a viable matchup in different situations. Or maybe he just thought these guys could get it done. Um, but, yeah, look, as you can see, there's not a lot of – there's very little bench time there at all whatsoever, so it's it's an easy um, it's an easy question to ask. And looking at it, you know, possibly sure, um, but same time too, Gorge has brought this team from not make not getting anywhere near the playoffs to two straight years. Granted, two straight years of a first round exit, but what would you? What would you like? Not not get anywhere near, or be in it with a chance. Um, so, just looking out for our guy, friend of the show, Isaac mm-hmm. White, the mm-hmm. human microwave. Mm-hmm. I mean, like felt like there could have been at least some time. Yeah, and even when like just when things are just really going wrong there, and um, and the Kings are on their run, like we just need to try someone or something different, get some energy going. And look, it's good news for us up here in the NBL One North because that gets us closer to seeing Lockie Dent and Isaac White up here for their respective teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's good for our league. But I think especially with Isaac, someone who's given pretty steady production in a limited bench role, um, you know, he could have just thrown it to him. Come on. Come on, Gorge. Look after our boy down there. Surprised the mullet didn't get it done, mate. That's a gorgeous haircut. So, <laughs> you know. Maybe Gorge should grow one of them out. Oh, jeez. The, the bald at the front mullet. Oh. <laughs> Look like an old caretaker or something. 
Oh, oh throw on the leather jacket and, uh, you know, the period pieces. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> wowzers. All right. So, Kings, they're in. Look, not many people had this either way in two games. I mean, everyone thought it was going the distance. The Kings, I mean, when you look back, really weren't pushed too hard. They got their job done, two games, they're in. The other series, one a lot of people have probably been waiting for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. The Shocker. Tazzy. Shocker for you, mate. In. Yeah, baby. Your your random uh, stuff it pick has come off, Mel. What? Oh, here we please, go. Here we go. Please, not but faith, mate. Oh, here we go. Hashtag right, tell my, us about it. Hashtag my guy, Weeksy. <laughs> I mean, how good for Tazzy. Look, slight asterisks. King of asterisks is here. Asterisks? What? Get out of town. You lost, mate. Sli- you, you I pick, didn't lose. I don't care about Melbourne United. You, your pick was garbage. Um, look, Chris Goulding. Going down with the calf injury and warm-ups, that is tough. That is tough. Not to say that if he played, that's they That's not an asterisk. Won. That's just... I said a slight asterisk. It's definitely a slight asterisk. No way. <laughs> Their best scorer not playing is not a slight asterisk. Tasmania can only play the team in... Tasmania can only play the team in front of them. That is correct. That is correct. Um, but no, no bubbles gilding in this one. Uh, that's a tough gig. I mean... We have sat on this podcast for months talking about United's depth and how they, you know, how they have the ability to overcome adversity and just find a way to win. Like, in all fairness, you can't turn around now and say, well, Goulding was out. That's why they lost. So I'm not doing that. But, I mean, <laughs> you, take, you take a team's best shot creator out it's going to impact them it it doesn't matter what i've said on the podcast about depth of course it's going to impact, it's going to impact. But i in my mind like an injury isn't an asterisk an injury is an injury last minute three years before whenever <laughs> an injury is an injury you know? yeah like and, and look you know, it's not it, to- it's not an asterisk it's yes it's definitely has an element sure um but it's not an asterisk. An asterisk is like someone being genuinely robbed or cheated. And since I'm sitting here in my Jack Jumpers shirt, that was it, uh, my young brother. Wagon. Yep. Shout out, Chris. <laughs> Picked it up in the uh, in the uh, dentist game, as I like to call it. The, the, the last home game of the regular season where someone who we love on this show, still do, uh, had a dental procedure and couldn't <laughs> make the game. And his team ended up losing. Oh, we're going to talk about him in a second, don't you? Like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, my brother got me that shirt. I'm wearing it now, so I will not. I will not sit here and allow you to say asterisks. Slight asterisks. Slight or otherwise. How many lines are in an asterisk? Like, oh, six. One, eight, two, three, four. Like four. So oh, straight line. Give it. Two, give it two lines. Uh, yeah, I'll take four. Give us, Give us two lines of that asterisk. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll give you one line. It's a minus symbol. That's about the same. It, it was definitely a loss for them, sure. But asterisk yeah. is when a team is cheated. And look, I'm not, I'm not here to take anything away from Tassie. As you say, they can only play what's in front of them. They got the job done. They, they could not score in game one. Mm-hmm. They, they looked pretty poor out there. Two players in uh, Adams and McVeigh had 
pretty well half the team's points, one point less than half. JLA was running a muck on the defensive end with six blocks. Yeah. And then what I want to talk about, though, is just throughout this series, it, it popped up after game one. It's this hate for one Matthew involved in this series. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask you what your thoughts are on if it's warranted. Like, Delhi, he caught some punches. <laughs> Not on the court, but on the socials. My goodness, every post I saw about this series was basically Delhi is washed, get him off the court, he's trash, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I mean... No. It, it's tough. Did he have a really poor series? Absolutely. Does he deserve clips that are compilations of, you know, all the errors he makes in the game? No, because in our league, you could almost do that for anyone because mm. we we play such tough defense over here. I mean, there's not many players, not named Jalen Adams, of course, that you couldn't make a compilation of errors they've made throughout the season. It's, it is what it is. And even in Delhi's prime, which let's be honest, you know, He's past his prime. We know that. That's <clears throat> that's why he's here. That shouldn't be news. Mm. You know, that exa- as you say, that's exactly why he's here. He's past his prime. That's okay. But even in his prime, <clears throat> he was never a completely lockdown shooter who created his own shot and, like, no one on the court could handle him. That was never his, never his thing. And when he stepped into the United team right from the jump, he was that floor general pushing – you know, pushing things defensively and you know, helping out on the offense and doing what the team needed to get the W, which they did all, almost all, except for that last game, of course, uh, almost all of the regular season. You know, yes, had a bad series. Calm down, keyboard warriors. Calm down. I just think that, like, expectations are a bit skewed from the start. Like, this isn't like an Andrew Bogut coming back over. You know, someone who's not dominated the NBA, but was a starter for a long time. You know, massive role on any team he played in. Physically Number one huge. draft pick, obviously. Like, he... And I feel like Delhi from the start, everyone had similar expectations of him coming here. And suddenly, Delhi was meant to turn into, like, Chris Paul or... <laughs> you know, Dame Lillard or something. And yeah. he's just not that. He never was. Like, he's a role-playing defensive point guard. That's mm. that's what he was in the NBA. He's not starting for any of those teams, even in his prime. I don't think you could pick one team he would have started on, but he was so valuable off the bench. Mm. And even then, not necessarily as a big playmaker, absolutely not as a shot creator, but that defensive tenacity and ability to basically just not turn the ball over every time he has it. And that's what got him his such a long NBA career. And, I mean, for anyone that's sort of kept up to speed there, it's a man that was derailed by injuries and mm. almost to the point where we wondered if he was going to play again. And yeah, he was, here he is. In his final NBA season, he was sidelined because he had so many concussions from diving on the floor after the mm. ball. Like, that's not an injury that comes up all that often in the NBA. It just doesn't happen, especially in our current game. Like you've got people like Marcus Smart who do it 
and all of a sudden people lose their minds every other every other time that he does it because he bumps into someone or something like that when he's just God diving for the ball. Uh, a skill that used to be taught in every under 12s training session. Once upon a time. Was everyone claiming he was washed when he was having these four or five steal games or six or seven three-pointer games? <laughs> nope, nope. I mean, did he have a poor series? I'm absolutely not backing away from that. He had a poor series. I- I'm not going to defend him whatsoever. But I think the level of hate that he- he's receiving is just unwarranted and not the way we should treat any of our local products, let alone an NBA champion, uh, a gold, uh, a gold, I'll get too ahead of myself, a bronze medalist. Rose gold. A rose gold medalist. I mean, we should not be treating our, you know, figures of the game like that. So my message to the people on the socials, be better. Be yeah. better. It's, it's okay to say someone had a poor series. Put the stats up. That's okay. But too far, too far. Machinations of Dan. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to jump in before yours. <laughs> but Jack Jumpers, baby. Yep. They're in. They're in. They're in. And it's kind of funny. It's the team I, I'm i going to say I started the bandwagon for. But Jesus. absolutely, I'm the driver of the bandwagon bus. <sighs> Look, Are you done? Who was doing it first? Who was doing it first? Definitely not. Homicide. Now, I'm not <laughs> not talking about Tassie. I'm talking about the Kings. Oh, Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I, I built the bus and now I'm driving it. Jeez. Yeah, righto. All right. Okay. You. Okay. Not driving the Tassie bus, but you're absolutely on board. Oh, totally. Totally. So I guess our picks for the f- grand final are locked then. They are after that little speech. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to stick with Tassie. <clears throat> I'm going to stick with Tassie. All right. I'll go down with In the, three. We, two. Well, uh, well, there's five games in the grand final series. Yes, of course. So. So in three. <laughs> uh, look, I think. Look, I think it's going to go four or five. So put me down for. Let's go. Let's swing for the fences and go a proper nail biter. Game five. Uh, in Sydney. In Sydney, baby. In Sydney. Oh, I really don't want to be a hater. I don't. <laughs> Give me Kings in four, just so I'm not a hater. <laughs> I don't want to be it. I uh, I would not be shocked in the slightest if the Kings win three straight. But yeah, look, history, I want to be nice. I'll give Dazzy one game. History will tell you with these teams you know, that people get behind and they make these, you know, Cinderella sort of stories into the finals. They, they tend to get their butts kicked towards, you know, at the grand mm. final. But I have faith. We'll see what happens. Well, Tassie's just, give me the jack jumpers, baby. They can do it. And, I mean, another person getting a bit of chat out there is Josh Majette. Uh, but, you know, for his lack of scoring or, or whatever, but... I mean, if you're really paying attention, he defends. Like, he, he's not a parking cone on defense. Mm-hmm. He's always a plus in that plus-minus column, and he does not turn the ball over. Games two and three, total turnovers, zero. Zero. As your starting point guard. 
that is incredible in a high leverage situation. As like long that. as you're not counting mysteries, then no. Never said anything about that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm sort of alluding to. He's copying a bit of the the slack of oh, well, you're not scoring um, a lot, but look what he is doing. He's he's your floor general. He's playing at least satisfactory defense, and he lit literally is not turning the ball over. Not once in two games. And, I mean, if you can do that while somehow throwing everything you have at Jalen Adams, like, I'm just going to say, all right, Drell Martin, you have to score 35 points a game if you're going to win because we're throwing everything at Jalen Adams. Mm. Everything. Anyone but him is going to beat us. I mean, when he was not playing, were the Kings good? No. They were terrible. Mm. They were terrible. We they put were out the absolute other end of the league. Well, we put out a post today on the socials of even two months into the season. Would anyone have picked either of these teams to be in the grand final? No way. No, not. And really anyone that says yes, diehard fan or a liar. Yeah. Um, or just flat out cuckoo cuckoo. <laughs> so I mean, if they throw everything at him, you know, keep him to you know oh, fourteen to eighteen points a game. They're a puncher's chance because Tazir are a team just like their coach that really ride the waves of momentum mm -hmm. and emotion. Mm -hmm. And if they get on a roll, they are very hard to stop. But this Kings team is something else. Um, one thing I did want to point out, just just loading up here, I, I did say in game one of the United and Tazzy series that Tazzy just struggled to score. 63 mm -hmm. points. Mm -hmm. Then they exploded for 79 mm -hmm. and 76. The Kings' two games against the Hawks, what most people would say is one of the better defenses in the league. 89 points in game one, 99 in game two. Tazzy are going to have to find ways to slow the Kings down and score on the other end. That's how basketball games are won. Yes, well done. It is, but, I mean, they're not showing signs of being able to get up to those score lines needed to beat the Kings. You're going to need to be in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'd agree with that. Um, certain elements of it anyway. But Rare moment. Write that one down, folks. Yep. Tasmania are one of those teams, though, um, where when they have a night, they shoot a lot of threes, and they have games where, yeah, they, they do not score a lot of points because they live and die by the three. and But they're currently living. They have not died. They've made it to the final, well, final series of the, of the NBL season. Mm -hmm. All the other teams are gone. It's just two left. They've only got to win three games. You know, they can steal one. And uh, in the King Dome, oh, kudos. Then, you know, but they're going to have to, that's what they're going to have to do. It's not but, a series until the road team wins. Uh huh. But I can say. see them, obviously, they have to because they don't have enough home games. Um, I, I could see them winning both home games just with pure energy and heart and tick and all those sorts of things that we've talked about. Um, the Rothamism. Yep. <laughs> sure. Rothamism. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
But uh, obviously they've got to win in Sydney, at least one. Uh, look, that that could be tough because it before the Kings went on this run, Kings fan, the Kingdom was a bit, eh, was a bit up and down depending on how the team was playing. When the Kings play like this, their fans are out in force and loud and proud and they're in a grand final and, you know, you're going to have probably not the same, quite the same as um, down in Tassie with their fan base, but you're going to have similar levels and that's going to be tough when you go when Tasmania coming into a venue and that energy is there but it's not with them. It's going to be working against you. So that's going to be tough. But I think the key to this series, as you sort of alluded to before, is going to come down to turnovers because the Kings move so quick and their offense is predicated on just go. If you're giving them too many turnovers, they're going to turn those turnovers into points really quickly and it could go very – a game could just disappear from you like that. So – I think that's actually going to be one of the true keys to this game. Obviously, defense will be important for Tassie because they're going to have to show something we haven't necessarily seen, but turnovers. Because if they go out, the moment gets big, and they start losing that ball early, Kings are going to jump on their throats and they're not going to let them up. Yep. All right, well, there we have it. Mel is saying that we've got Tassie in five. Tassie in five. I've gone with Sydney in four, just to be a gentleman there. All righty. So looking forward to a cracker of a series. We'll be back next week to wrap up the first two games and we'll have a bit of an insight as to how the series is panning out now. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. You ready to hop on that pogo stick, jump right across the big ditch? To the Amber A. Yep. Let's have a look at round two over there. Look, there's simply so much basketball, not enough time on our pod to go through it all. So we won't deep dive into the, the end of round one there. I think we all know how that panned out by now. How'd our predictions go, mate? Uh, wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't know we're still tracking those, Mal. I thought we'd just, oh. we just say it and hope for the best. Oh, so <laughs> that typically happens when it's either vanilla results or Dan didn't completely obliterate, uh, tends to be when they're not brought up again. Just tends to be uh, just a running theme that <laughs> long-term listeners of the show, I'm sure, will be completely across. Well, look, I think I think we all agree across the board, except for my Nets pick that we addressed last week. So I think other than that, we just picked all the favourites and all the favourites won. Pretty much, yeah. So... This is where it might get a bit more interesting, though, is, is round two. So mm. Um, mm. maybe we'll go through some predictions for round two. Um, look, we won't pick certain. We can say number of games, but we'll just keep track of who we pick to win the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mel, first one, we'll kick it out west to start with, like usual. Just had game one uh, today. Yes. The Suns and the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was coming off his perfect game, 14 of 14, mm. uh, to close out the first round there. Uh, and Luke. Didn't have Scott Foster as the referee, which helped. <laughs> uh, we had the Luca show heading into Phoenix today. They went down. Uh, sorry if we're spoiling anything, but the game's, what, three, four days old at this point. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, you'll get over it. Yep. Uh, Suns up 1 0. 
Winner of the series, Mao. Winner of the series? <sighs> Look, give me the Suns. Give me the Suns. Yeah, fair. I, I think Mavs are going to have to play the game of their lives just to win one game in this series, I think. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be tough. I uh, mean, if it wasn't for Luka Magic, this would have been an absolute blowout today. Yeah, but Mavs have games like that. That's mm. that's how they're built. Um, and, yeah, it is what it is. But when everybody's firing. <laughs> but uh, I'm still going to take the Suns. If I had to put a number on it, I'd say uh, probably five. Yeah, it's probably where I'd head to. Luke is that good. You can give him a game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My Bear Cubs. Mm. Tough loss. Game one to Golden State. Of course, the Draymond ejection was the big talking point. Um, people talking to me like I was meant to care. But personally, I'd rather him stayed in the game because they were better without him, to be honest. They played way faster, they looked after the ball more, and they out-rebounded the Grizzlies. All three of those things without Draymond on the floor. So so slight asterisks or...? <laughs> sure. <laughs> give us all four... Or give us the three lines. <laughs> Why not? Um, but anyway, look, at the end of the day, uh, really wanted to beat the Wolves there. I, I think I would have been pretty upset if we lost that series. From from here, it's house money, in my opinion. Um, Before Steph got hurt, Draymond got hurt, the Warriors were the favourites to win the title at the time. They are again now. Um, You're talking a team of Hall of Famers versus a team of 22-year-olds. So being competitive, getting those reps in, it's all good for the Grizz. I'm still predicting we're going to win it. Game 7 on our home floor. Not making my mistake of last year of not backing my boys. <laughs> I think it'll go, if we are going to win the series, it's going the distance. Otherwise, I think it might be over pretty quickly in the Warriors' favour. Yeah. Look, for most of the reasons you just said, look, let's be honest, these are the Warriors. They're playing really well. Um, and the Grizz, they're a young bunch of kids who want the smoke, which is all good and well. But I can just see the Warriors doing this in about five. Mm. It, it's yeah, it's us in a long series or them in a short one, in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. look, like I know we lost. I was pretty disappointed, but that was a hell of a fun game of basketball to watch. It was very high level basketball. As I said, it's house money for these boys now, and anything we do from here is gravy. So, mm-hmm. absolutely enjoying watching it. Um, crazy Man. to see a team so young performing so well on that stage. That's entirely the point. <laughs> supposed to be fun to watch. Well, so. look, I know the Wolves and Grizz series was not high on many people's um, league pass mm-hmm. queue, but oh, in what could have been a hell fun series was boring as hell because it was just watching free throws and free throws and free throws. Um, but yeah, Grizz Warriors, good fun. Hopefully the refs let them keep playing. That's all right. That's all right. I do love the... Um I do love that the the Wolves had that amazing play-in victory celebration, though. That really aged well. Well, they needed to, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You see Jar hitting the gritty across their court. I mean, as you say, like, the Grizz, they want that smoke. They talk the talk, and they own it. They know when they lose or when they're losing, they're going to cop it back, and they know that, and they think it's fun. So, whatever. Let's head out east. Mm. The Heat. 
And the 76ers, Sans Embiid, or Wee Wee Joel, as he might well be known soon. Mm. Mm. Uh, so Looking to get that French passport, baby. Yeah, what? <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> Could, anyway, uh, good luck to him and Rudy Gobert in the French front court, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Embiid out. Game one was today as we record. <laughs> with, with Batum as well. This game was just up and down, up and down, up and down. And then the Heat said, bye. And they ran away with it in the end. James Harden, just a shell of himself. I I don't think I've seen... Like, hear me out here. We've seen this from players that rely on athleticism where they just fall off a cliff, a.k.a. Russell Westbrook. Mm. This is a player that had no athleticism, did not rely on playing above the rim or speed. And within two years, he's gone from top three MVP to, oh my goodness, why is he on our team? Why did we give up our whole team for this? And look, it's not to say that Harden can't come out and destroy everyone next game because he can, but I I don't think a performance like this is what you would have seen from him two years ago. So yeah, and it, it's going to be tough without Embiid in the middle there. DeAndre Jordan just, oh, yikes! And it, one of the big problems that James Harden has is that legacy, <clears throat> where he's got a lot of you know fine playoff performances, but he doesn't have that that moment, that game where it was his, he controlled it, and because of him, that team won it. There's been a lot of. Oh, real no. I was about to say he does have a moment. It includes Manu Ginobili, but sorry, you're talking mm-hmm. about a different moment. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and yeah, didn't show it today. Look, without Embiid, the 76ers, they're just not built necessarily to just have Harden. And yeah, yeah. But they might get away with one if Embiid can only can just miss the two games mm. in Miami. Get back home. Exactly. Bit, you know, things might be a little bit more comfortable. But, yeah, at the moment, you know, no great surprise. I'm going to take the heat. Yeah, I, I can't argue uh, with that pick. I'm going with the heat as well. I mean, even if Embiid comes back, He's got a finger that requires surgery. He's going to have a mask on his face. He's going to be scared of taking hits. And Miami, they're not they're not a fake tough guy team. They will go after his face. They will go after his finger. They'll go after their own coach. Yeah, like <laughs> they fight each other. Like yeah. the opposition has no and chance. And Spolstra didn't step down. Like he, no. he didn't just step back. He was back. there for it. No, he, he was being held back. Proper held back, not just hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're all about it. And, yeah, the Heat, I know they finished top of the East, so it's not a big, bold claim, but they have to be one of the favourites to win the whole thing at the moment. You know, when you look across the landscape of the remaining teams, the injuries, the games played, um, not just number, but intensity of the games played, the Heat are sort of just cruising in third, fourth gear at the moment, and... Yeah, they're they're looking mighty dangerous. I, I think, I think the Sixers will be lucky to get back home after games three and four. So yeah, looks like we're both going the Heat in not too many there. Last mm. last one might <laughs> Might we'll see. We got the Celtics. 
and the Middletonless Bucks. Mm. Now, I'm not just saying this to be facetious now. There yes. weren't many people I spoke to that gave the Bucks a hope in hell of this series. Mm. Other than a slight game or two because Giannis is Giannis. But I, I literally haven't spoken to anyone that said Bucks will win the series, let alone, you know, pushing it out to six, seven games. However, game one, out come the Bucks, mm-hmm. out comes Giannis. Mm-hmm. In Giannis mode, Drew Holiday played out of his mind. Grayson Allen, everyone just thinks he's a dirty player. He's actually an awesome player. Um, I just forgot, I'm actually wearing his Duke jersey again tonight. Um, but... You know, he's had he had a great series in round one and here he is popping up game one of round two, stepping up again. So look, Mal, I'll, I'll let you take over from there and what you thought of the game and look ahead for the series. Way to throw it over to me, untainted. Um <clears throat> Yeah, look, Celtics came out in this one and they did a really good job early of slowing Giannis down in that first four or five minutes. You know, it did a really good job of that. Um, offensively, though, they couldn't really get anything going inside. They were relying on the you know, on that three ball, and they couldn't get that inside-out game that they had going um, in that net series. Um, just Bucks tightened up that space. Couldn't get it happening. Couldn't get it happening. And Celtics couldn't get that three ball as consistently... Um, going as well as we have done in the past. And when you live and die by that kind of stuff, sometimes you die, and that's what happened in this game. Especially um, if, like, someone you know had a, a parlay on the game and they needed Marcus Smart to hit two threes and he shot one of six. That would really suck to be that person. Gamble anyway. responsibly. Um, <laughs> I'll, tell why, my, I'll tell my friend. That, that's why you do, mate. That, that's, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, look, and Marcus Smart had a up and down game and an in and out of the locker injury? room. Sorry? He, he picked up an injury, I believe. Yeah, it certainly looked like it. Ran off to the mm. ran off to the rooms and then was back in two minutes and then was back on the bike and up and down and yeah, so <sighs> but you know, that is what it is. You live and die off his energy. Um but we've lived off it for the majority of well, half the season. You know, it's done us really well, especially after those trades and things. We just have to get that inside-outside game going. The defense reset back to what it can do, like it was doing at the start of the game. We were slowing down Giannis, and it was bearing fruit, slowing him down. Um, but I'm still going to take the Celtics. You know, that should come as no shock to any long-term listener. Even short-term ones. Um, <laughs> look, give me the Celtics in roughly six. But <laughs> roughly six. Roughly six. <laughs> Put me down for six. Uh, uh, you know, but... Maybe five and a half. You know, Bucks came out and slapped us on home court. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Mm. Uh, so this next game has to be a W. If it's not, oh, this could we could go from sweeping to being swept really quickly. Uh, it's 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 that kind of bucks of that kind of team, even without Middleton, um, they showed that other guys can step up and they do have some depth. So, yeah, well, as we speak, like the the bookie odds are 
pretty even with Milwaukee as a slightish favorite to win the series after game one. Um, after the Celtics were quite heavy favorites prior to game one. Mm. Uh, with that being said, look, I think they showed in round one. Um, they've got the medal to, to you know, work things out, get through it, work yeah. out ways to win. I, I'm going with the Celtics as well. I'm not going to put games to it because I don't honestly know. I well, think it if has I had to, to be, be five, <laughs> if I had to, it'd be seven. Uh, but. I think the Celtics have the quality there to overcome a Middletonless Bucks, mm. and I mean, if they don't, well, you're not championship contenders anyway. If you can't beat a team missing one of its best three players, painful to hear, but there's not a lot of untruths there, unfortunately. All right, well, we'll be back next week. A lot of these series will be heating up. Doubt uh, any of them will be finished, but. I'm loving the playoffs. Every series pretty much up in the air to a degree. And look, I think we're really heading for big clashes in the conference finals and ultimately the NBA finals. So very keen uh, to keep an eye on that. Let's come back home because now Mm -hmm. it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of fun last year covering the NBL One North. Yeah, baby. On this pod. Yep. Live at the games. Yep. Calling the Brisbane Caps home games, traveling around at times, just watching hoops, loving the grassroots stuff. Mm-hmm. It's back, baby. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is back. It's bigger. It's better. The league we love. Oh. Play that sweet, sweet D plus one. Oh, we've North. even got another state involved. We're just that accommodating. Mm-hmm. But we go across two states now. And boy, oh boy, did they not disappoint. We'll get to them soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, let, let's let's talk about our our crew, our mob, the Brisbane Caps. They they kick things off at Brendale there against the Northside Wizards on a Saturday evening. They sure did. I was in attendance live. Mm. Couldn't help myself. It's the closest, was it closest home game I'm technically going to get, so <laughs> couldn't help but get down there. Away game, but. I mean, star-studded Wizards teams, you know, with Tiana Munga Kahia in uh, the Wizards, along with Shyla Heal, of course. Mm-hmm. Then in the men, their captain returns after captaining an NBL side, Mitch McCarron. Mm-hmm. Also, one of, I think I claimed a few weeks ago, one of my new favorite players in the NBL, Keanu Pinder. He joined the team. Did not disappoint on the highlight reel, by the way. So these are some good games to watch. Our Brizzy Caps, as usual, well-constructed teams. They fight hard. They don't care what, who's wearing the jersey across from them. That They're in for a battle. How'd the girls' game go, Mel? Uh, look, if I'm being honest, I was, you know, with the flat-out firepower that the Wizards have on their, on their bench, on their roster, I... Was a bit unsure. I was a little bit worried for the Caps girls going into this game because, um, as you know, we've almost an entirely new lineup since last year. Mm. We've got two two players returning, and the rest are new faces to our NBL one team. But they didn't play like it. No, they just stuck with the Wizards. The Wizards put on. They had a pretty deadly 
full court press, which they were not afraid to run with for big chunks of the game. And there were moments um, where the Caps girls just got a bit caught up, turnovers happened, and Wizards were able to go on a run. But Caps stuck with it. They Mm. did not get down. Timeouts were called. Adjustments were made. And we went again. And every time, it, it just felt like one of those games where it could get away, but by sheer determination of will, the Caps girls were not going to allow it to, and they didn't. They only went down by, was it four in the end? And, like, we were in that game. We were right there at the end. It could have gone our way. Couple of possessions go slightly differently, and it's all over. But we were right there, in with a shot at the depth, at the death of the game. Oh, it was a great one to be there live for. Yeah, I was really impressed with our caps pickup from the caps down in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Abby Cabillo, uh, she was she was incredible to watch. Mm. I mean, her ability to sort of penetrate without always looking for her own shot, but penetrating to create shots for others. And that's the type of point guard that players love to play with. Uh, you have your Anna Cameron out there, just again, playing six inches taller than she is, as, yep. as we've grown accustomed to. I mean, you know, led, led the team in rebounds last year, despite being the third or fourth tallest person on the team. Mm-hmm. In my well, note, been the fourth, by it, the way. Yeah. In my notes for Anna, I wrote getting exactly what we expected every time she pulls on the the jersey. Mm. Hustle rebounds, points, and just solid. Yep. Uh, No arguments from me. There was one play for um, (laughs) our brand-new Cap Cap, Cabillo, and that really stuck with me. She was jumping out of bounds to save save a turnover, looked back, had the wherewithal, threw it off Shyla Heel's legs, who was mm. right there as a defender where she was. Uh, whoever she picked up, she was right in their pocket the entire game. Mm-hmm. It was a heck of a game of defense by Shyla. But had the wherewithal, threw it off Shyla's leg, got the sideline play and you know, reset. But it all happened in a split second, was facing the other way, spun in the air, threw it off Shyla's leg. I was like, wowzers, okay, all right, yes. Yes, more of this, please. Definitely, definitely. In the first game, very happy with what I saw. All right. And I just we, – we gave a shout-out on the socials. I mean, well, Steph Collins did a thing. We'll, we'll mention that. Uh, 15 rebounds on the night, I believe. So mm-hmm. doing work, mm-hmm. doing work. Shout-out to Young Fuller. And it's not the one that we grew accustomed to last <laughs> year, our, our human blur uh-huh. that's currently tearing up the college scene in America. But younger sister, Hillary. Came off the bench and boy, oh boy, was she a spark. Mm. It was great to see. I mean, maybe put out there to plug minutes uh, for others, but she might have just earned herself a solid spot in the rotation after that game because I thought, you know, for such a young player to step in and, and give what she did was incredible. So, shout out to yeah, Hillary. definitely. And, you know, has had quite a representative year already. So, you know, Definitely happy to have more of that play off the bench or even in the starting lineup. Steph Collins, though, there was a couple of times where she just looked unstoppable. Mm-hmm. She got down on that left-hand block, um, was double-teamed at one point, 
went to work, it just looked like it was perfectly natural for her and smooth. Towards the end of the game, fourth quarter, even when she had four fouls, comfortable, got the buckets each. It felt like three possessions in a row. Just, you know, look out for what could potentially uh, happen there for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, full of confidence, fresh off that silver medal at the under-18 Nationals with Queensland. Uh, Speaking of those Nationals, though, the boys, the Golds. They got it down to 20 level. Max McKinnon and Harry and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, Papa. Yeah, G Pap. A boy. So these fellas came home with the gold in their age group with Queensland. Very proud of them, um, as are the Caps, of course. But the Caps men, once again, not the quote-unquote star power of the Wizards. But this is a team that's played together for quite a long time now. Not a lot of new faces in this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've got our, our guy, friend of the show, Lockie Dent, come join the team from the Illawarra Hawks. But this team, they showed up. They showed out. They walk away with a dub, 1-0. In a game, they could easily have said, well, this is going to be a tough opening round. They, they didn't care. They walked in and took it, Mal. They did, and it started right from the very first basket with Tim Sung getting upstairs for a gorgeous ring tap. Mm. Um, I, I, I went to say dunk there, but I just <laughs> the words just couldn't. Um, from where we were, from where we were sitting, it just ah, it just wasn't quite. But that's okay. <laughs> just wasn't quite. Just, just, just wasn't quite. You know, it was more of a ring tap than a dunk. But that's okay. <clears throat> the most important thing was. He got the two points and had himself a game. Mm. Had himself a game. Uh, who'd we have? Uh, Stoddy standing up from the start of the game. Oh. Shooting threes, driving inside. Yes, sir. You know, assists. Did it all. Great to see. Looks like he's going to start this season where he finished off last year. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, Stoddy. Keep it up. Keep it up. And he is... Um, Spoke to him at NBL Blitz. He is very keen for Lockie to come join the team. So can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. And, I mean, if you listen back to our interview with Lockie, he was just straight up a dude you want on your team. Mm. Everything he said was team-orientated. There was nothing about, you know, being a hero or I'm going to do this. It was all just, I want that guy. I want that guy on my team. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I get why Stoddy's pumped for that because we all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, one note I took away was young Max McKinnon who, look, friend of the show and we've had him live on a NBL one broadcast with us. Mm-hmm. <sighs> kind of looked a bit like the lights were a bit bright last season. And let's remember, he was a very young man thrust into that position and... He's gone away. He's earned himself a DP spot at the Bullets. Got a few minutes this season. He's come back and he looks he looks like he's matured five years. Mm. He's got so much confidence. He's not scared to make the play that he wants to make. He's attacking the rim. He's sort of putting the chest out a bit out on the court there. And I was loving every minute of it because I am here for Max McKinnon growing up 
right there in front of our eyes because mm. he looks like a completely different player this year. Not that he was bad last year because he wasn't, but just as I say, like a lot more mature and, and just ready to take this league on. Calm. Mm. Mm. Very calm when he when he has the ball. Doesn't look doesn't look rushed at all. And there was even a dunk, I remember, at the NBL Blitz, which was just – it was athletic without being wildly showy, but it was still sort of that, oh, where did that come from? And there was no chest thumping, you know, mm. bravado or anything quite silly like that. It was just let the basketball do the talking. And, yeah, that looks like what we're going to get more and more of throughout the season. All right. Well, look uh – what we'll do from here, like we'll have our in-depth uh, section on our caps and w- whatever team they play against, but we'll just do a quick whip around of the round each week just to sort of point out some of the highlights. What do you reckon, Mel? Let's do it, mate. Yeah, we obviously – look, guys, we obviously can't uh, go through every game of every round. Not uh, a chance. For, for boys, for men and women, but uh, we'll do our best to give you the highlights. Um, look – we're going to start off with the women, though. We have in Mackay, um, fresh joining their team there, Alicia Jenkins, 22 and 17 rebounds versus the Sunshine Coast Phoenix. That's pretty well a solid debut, I would say, Mel. Yeah, uh, yeah. They look like they've got a real one there. Um, yeah, I, I'd be keeping an eye on this Mackay team, men and women, because... The, They've just done what Mackay does and created some good rosters over there. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, not everyone, uh, ha- not everyone they had last year has signed up again, they still find themselves with a good team. You know, a little bit uh, <coughs> Perth esque in a you know Perth Wildcatty esque in a lot of ways. They still seem to have that team that can you know be there towards the pointy end most years. Uh, then we had Reed and friend of the show, Steph Reed and old Woodsy combined for 50 plus to frankly just smash the force. The, the force was not strong um, in that game, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. That Townsville team is good, but. They oh, are, yes. They yes. are very good. Probably one of the favorites um, to win it all. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, all right, speaking of up in the north there, the other team, Cairns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kayla George, Panina Davidson, they combined for 42 points and 31 rebounds, unfortunately, to keep uh, keep hammering on the, the force as um, the force did their trip up north there. Shout out as well, friend of the show, Amy Lewis, forever mm-hmm. friend of the show, 16 points in that one, looking like she had good control of the court as well, so... Yeah, those two teams up north are going to be tough. Yeah, and you've got to go from one to the other on the same road trip. That's that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, then we had Matty Roshi. Roshi, sorry. Uh, 34 and 10. That was 10 rebounds, I believe, too, not yeah. assists. <laughs> we talk about Anna playing six inches bigger than she is. Mm-hmm. She was... And then Kayla Smith with 25 and 3. They lose to the Spartans. Mm. Uh, uh, tough. Look, but sh- 
yeah, like Rochi going against their club from last year and mm-hmm. friend of the show, Carly, just picking up where she left off, just doing work. But we had the story of the week there, maybe across the league, but especially for Spartans, was Lil Dart. 28 points. Youngster, 18, I think. And um, Nadine Payne, you know, that she, she's like, you know what you're going to get. You're, mm. you're going to get the points. You're going to get the rebounds. That's what she does. Um, mm-hmm. And She, she dulls out the pain. Very tough game, though. Good to watch. On the men's side of things, look, there wasn't a lot of, like, major highlights. There was one. But there was <laughs> probably the largest highlight we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, Now, look, I don't know how to pronounce the name, and I feel really bad. Mm-hmm. Going to try. Mm-hmm. Maluach. Maluach. Look, everyone knows the name. Mm. even though I can't say it, mm-hmm. uh, and that's my ignorance. But that dunk, that what a way to open up with Darwin, the salties. Yeah. That dunk was just two of 23 points, but they were the <laughs> loudest. And look, <laughs> the reaction on, on air was <laughs> just a bit meh. <laughs> and I guess it's lucky we weren't on the call because I might have broken the microphone. But yeah, we might have lost our minds. But oh my goodness, can you imagine if def- Tim Sung did that? <laughs> <laughs> well, in their defence, though, uh, first game on co- on the commentary, it's a lot harder than you know what most people think. And on the first game, it can be very, very hard to know exactly where the ceiling is for where how how much to lose your mind. And Dan definitely steers into full-blown mind gone. So, I mean, if you don't lose your mind over that, you're not a fan of basketball. Oh, that, that was, was gorgeous. That was <laughs> that was gorgeous and ferocious, and just plain violent in the same, you know, same little bit. But all right, last one, Mel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Rips new signing. Mm-hmm. Kuatnoi. Kuatnoi. But yeah, thirty. Seven points for Rip. That's yeah. huge. And 13 rebounds. Oh, so a 50. Mm. You know, mm. 50, 50 positive numbers on the stat sheet. 50. <laughs> Leagues on notice. Yep. That's oh, mm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're no strangers to this. <laughs> we saw Noi and the Taipans beat our bullets. Yeah. Felt like every second week this NBL season. So yeah. this was not a shock to us, um, but the Rip have a real one there. Mm. Uh, just to wrap things up there, the players of the round, as announced by NBL 1 North, not by us, uh, Kayla George and Kuat Noi uh, taking that home. So shout out to the NBL 1 North media. They're, they're doing well to cover the league. Uh, Especially some of the photos that came out oh. from all these games. There was one particular one uh, with future MBL star, one Tim Sung, mm. and just driving to the basket. Gorgeous shot. Two defenders around him. Doesn't care. Knows what he wants. He's going to the rack, baby. Oh, and the still of that dunk. Posterior view. Oh, Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to be excited over here. <laughs> That's a wrap. MBL 1 North uh, round one is in the books. Uh Look, if you can work out the ladder and how it's worked, 
good. Let us know. Because uh, apparently it doesn't look like uh, points percentages matter. So go and have a squiz at that and work it out. But look, it's only round one. Some teams like Logan haven't played yet as well. So mm. look, we won't really pay too much attention till round, you know, four, five, six. Yeah. Once everyone's had a few games up their sleeve, sort of, you know, we've scoped the landscape a bit there. Um, but we'll be we'll be doing this similar sort of style each week, I think. Now we'll mm-hmm. deep dive the caps and then provide the highlights from around the league. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. All right. Well, look, that's a wrap on formal proceedings, basketball related. Mel, you have a surprise for me, somewhat surprise. Crack him here, mate. Yeah. I've uh, because it's. May the 4th or Revenge of the Sith or whatever uh, this is going to be when it goes out. It's just May the 3rd, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you continue. Anyway, May the 3rd be with you. Anyway, he's with me. Um, I've got three decks of cards. Three packs of cards. Sorry, not three decks. Three. I've got three packs of cards. So I thought we might do... A trilogy. Be- oh, yeah, all right. I'll let it play. I'll let it play. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got three packs of cards here. I thought we might do something a little bit different since it's that May the 4th time of the year. And we both do like our Star Wars. I've got three packs from your one of your favourite movies that you've talked about on the show. A Star Wars one? Yeah, exactly. So it's Phantom Menace or Empire? No, you've talked about uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren before on the show, Ben, okay. one of your favourite guys. Yeah, so... Sure. You know, yeah, no. Going with that trilogy. Yeah. 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 Him and Darth Maul, my favorites. Yeah. Villains. Just, you just don't like a boring blade, do you? Nah. <sighs> I like unstable ones. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, I've got three packs of cards here. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick two. You're going to crack one. I'm going to crack one. Okay. We'll go card for card and we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll test each other a little bit on this. All right, well, yeah, this will be interesting given you're a much bigger fan than I am, but that's okay. Here we go. You just want me to open? No, pick two, pick two. They're all the same. Yeah, I know. Okay, but those two. <laughs> y- you can analyse them, uh, you know. You're always like, oh, this, that and the other. All right, you crack one, I'll crack one. Oh, this one's got an asterisk. Oh, jeez, and <laughs> rice. All right, jeez are you going rice. first? You can set the scene here. I can set the scene here. All right, so we'll see if you can. We've got character cards. That, that's good. <laughs> character cards, different places. There's eight cards in total. Um, just got to give uh, a clue as to who, give a bit of a clue as to who is in on your card, okay? You can read the back if you like. Sweet. That might make it easier for you. All right. Darth Maul. You're closer than you think. P.S. Shotgun any Darth Maul cards. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely, but you never know. All right. Uh, no. Closer uh, than I think. Darth Sidious. Keep going. You're on the right track. Up the chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the big... Oh, is Darth... It- Vader. What? There you go. You got there. <laughs> I feel like Sidious would be closer than Vader to Darth Maul. Uh, well, they were both. Given it was his trainer. 
Yeah, they were both apprentices to the same guy, though. Fair. All right. Yeah. And technically, Darth Vader came first, you know, movie-wise. Like we all, we all knew who Darth Vader was first, even though chronologically. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. All right. Hit me. What do you oh, got? Oh, okay. Yeah, you did say we're going card for card. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay. Mm-hmm. Let me just see what we got here. <laughs> this is weird. It's a moment. Okay. Uh, I'll just read the back. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right. The coming of a new life. Surely a reason to rejoice. The coming of a new life. That's probably the best hint there. Someone and someone were joined together by love, mutual duty, and duty, <laughs> and the promise of ongoing happiness as husband and wife. However, the rise of Darth Sidious changed someone, twisting him from a loving Jedi into a paranoid, unhinged Sith. Yeah. That's the back of the card. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what's the what's the big like? What well, sounds like that's what's the Anakin love Skywalker and um, Padme. love interest? Yes. Yep. And their child of children, actually, of Luke Skywalker and Leia. Mm. Uh, look, this is a, a moment card, I believe. It's just, it's I, I don't know how to like. It's called Padme's big news. I think it's just her telling him that she's pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Is that episode two? Episode three. Three. Episode three, after they save the Chancellor and yada, yada, yada. That's right. And that's yep. when he gets crazy protective and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Start of the end. All right. Well, I nailed that clearly. Yep. <laughs> nailed it. I read you the whole back of the card. You still couldn't get it. <laughs> All right. Luke, Master Luke Skywalker has had a lot of... Apprentices, people he's trained. Mm, Padawans. Mm-hmm. One of them would be. Oh, I was like. <laughs> he hasn't really had that well, many. Well, Ray. There you go. Mm. I met Ray at Disneyland, actually. She was lovely. Mm-hmm. Nice. <gasps> Ooh, we have a shiny card. So shiny. All right. It's, what do you a, got? it's a droid. Mm-hmm. I have a souvenir cup from that same trip at Disneyland. Uh, it's a, it's literally this droid as a cup, um, not not just the lid. BB-8. It is BB-8. Um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty cool little foil card there, man. I'll let you have a little squizzy there. Oh, nice. It's actually, nice. Yeah. it's it's a card that really shows like less is more. Mm. It's a beautiful card. Keep it simps. All right. All right. Well, I've got a. Not so special droid card here. Uh, the droid that is found in the last in the last movie, number nine. A droid that is found. Yep. There's one brand new droid. Green and white. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'm, <laughs> I will not guess the name in six hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dio. Dio, yeah. Dio. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, would it be that little droid that then appeared as your companion on the, um, the Jedi uh, video game? But no, that was a good little. Wait, no, sorry, it wasn't in the movies. <laughs> that was it was in uh, either Boba Fett or The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll keep it moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, my next card. It's another moment card. <laughs> <'cause> I'm just <laughs> apparently I love these moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But this is a pretty easy moment. Uh, it's in A New Hope. It's on the Death Star. It's a lightsaber duel that wasn't didn't end up ending as a duel. Oh, where Obi-Wan sacrifices himself, turns into the world, disappears as far as everyone's aware, and then yeah. really isn't explained that well in the moment. But we all went with it. The, it is titled The Last Duel on the Death Star. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then, uh, yeah, then he just became the spirit. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is a moment of probably the the most loyal and famous droid. Let's start so there. R2. There you go. Um, with most famous Jedi. No. Luke. There you go. You got there. I would have said Yoda, but no, you nailed it. Um, at their lowest point, at Luke's lowest point, what would Luke's lowest point be? After Yoda died? Nope. Seemed pretty chill about that. <laughs> lowest point. Lowest point. Thinking in the final trilogy. Oh, in the like in the, the new ones. Yeah. One. yeah, yeah. Yep. Luke's lowest point. Mm-hmm. Uh hearing about Han. <laughs> Think. Kylo Ren? Drawing blanks, mate. Uh, uh, when he tried to kill his apprentice, in that moment of, and then he wakes up and everything's on oh, fire and everyone's gotcha, run away, gotcha. yeah. but who's still there for him? R2-D2, yeah. baby. R2-D2. Okay, mm-hmm. All right. Not terrible hints, but not good ones. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All of mine are moments here. I've, <laughs> I've just gone through them all, so it's going to take us a while. All right. Alongside his mentor, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi, following the Battle of Geonosis, young Jedi Anakin impulsively charged somebody. Count Dooku. There you go. In their fateful encounter. Mm-hmm. Outmaneuvered. Anakin survived the Count's effective counterattack but was in no condition to carry on with the battle. No, after that he was was mostly harmless. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah, I wasn't too high on Count Dooku. I could have taken or left that character. Yeah, look, in the movies he's all right. In the Clone Wars, absolute boss. (laughs) Absolute boss. All right, uh... Now, the prequels, heading back to the prequels, number three, Yoda and Obi-Wan head back to the palace, uh, the Jedi Temple, and they look into the security recordings and there are two things they see. What what was one of them? Obi-Wan couldn't believe things, needed to see it for himself. Like what Anakin was doing. Mm-hmm. What was he doing? There was one where he took down all the younglings. Yeah. And there was the other one. Order <coughs> 66, of course. Where he took a knee. Mm. And professed his 
Yeah, going to the dark side. Yep, he turned. Take the training. Mm -hmm. Oof. And becomes Darth Vader. Yep. All right, very good. (sighs) (laughs) All right, in the same room. Same young man involved. What does it mean to be a Jedi? To most, it's the highest calling imaginable. Qui-Gon Jinn saw this unique potential in young Anakin. Mm-hmm. Anakin was clearly Force-sensitive. That's the high midichlorians. Did, did everyone in the Jedi Council agree with that? Uh, no, one Samuel Jackson was like, uh-uh. Hmm. He ended up dead. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> well, he ended up missing a hand and mm. then he fell out the window and it is Star Wars. Uh, look, you never know. They're bringing back everybody. So, so this moment was Anakin in the room facing the Jedi Council for the first time and them seeing a little bit apprehensive. A mm, little bit, a little bit. <coughs> All right, last one. From me. Last one. Why have I got three left? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Pick the best one out of, the la- of your last three. Yeah. Um, la- for me, this was The Last Jedi, my favorite bit. Luke Skywalker was involved. I know you didn't like those movies, so is this just the end credits? No, oh, uh, I actually liked <laughs> all of those movies. Okay. As you were then. Mm. The best bit, the best Luke Skywalker bit. Like sacrificing himself as a hologram or mm. whatever mm. it was. For me, it, the the best bit of that whole movie was when he's, you know, force sending himself, force hologramming himself, whatever whatever that's called. Mm. And then they fire, beep, 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 all, all, that, all that sheer firepower. He just steps forward and brushes off the shoulder. He's like, is that it? Is that what you got? <laughs> Come on, dude. Let's dance. Be better. <laughs> Last one, mate. All right. Well, look, this one for me, it, it's a couple of moments spanning the end of Empire into the first little bits of beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi where the group is betrayed by who they thought was a friend. And mm. We had the... I love you. I know. Still one of the best lines. Uh, do I remember correctly that that was not scripted? Uh, Harrison Ford's bit? Well, George Lucas got them. George Lucas and the director, whose name I've forgotten because George Lucas didn't actually direct that movie. Mm. Um, he, Him and the director got together and just got them to say randomly <laughs> stupid, just... Think of the most ridiculous thing. And Harrison Ford was just like, boom. I know. I'll say this. I know. And just be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. And then, of course, you, that leads into um, the early bits of Return of the Jedi where there's mysterious, where we're assuming is a good guy, getting into Jabba's um, palace and mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to free Han. And I don't know. Like, Formal I assume a lot of people probably thought it might have been Luke. Yeah. And then, well, I, I can't remember. I was a small child. Um, shout out to my parents letting me watch that as a small child. Uh, but then, of course, it turning out to be Princess Leia herself mm-hmm. saving Han. 
having the kiss. Yep. He Who has no it? idea where he is. Didn't give consent. <laughs> All right. um, uh, no, I'm just joking. Nice line though. Who, who's that? Who's there? And she just turns around. Someone who loves you. Mm. Boom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been perfect, <laughs> Mister Mister Chance? There. It's an opportunity. Ah well. Uh, but you know, uh, great great story there. Um, and, and of course, I, I'm sure it'll be on the extras of some DVD thing that came out of all the Star Wars, but. Mm-hmm. On Disney Plus, there's like a behind-the-scenes making of all the original trilogy, and yeah, watch that. It was phenomenal. Definitely, so it's pretty cool to see how they created the ships and the battles in space, and all this real basic equipment and models that they used. And what when you've watched that, then go back and watch the movie. You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, the random cool. traditions they've kept, like the guy in pink shorts holding the the sound boom. Yeah. Whenever they do a desert shot for the movies, there has to be a guy in pink shorts on the crew, just cause, <laughs> just cause. <laughs> All right, well, look, we're happy to call it there, Mel. Yep, All let's right. do it. May the force be with you all, no matter what day it is. Absolutely. Uh, big show this week. We wrapped up the NBL finals, previewed the grand final series. Jumped across to the States, wrapped up round two, having a look at what's going on over there. Came all the way back home. NBL one North, glad mm-hmm. it's back. Mm-hmm. Huge round that was. And then uh, got to nerd out with some Star Wars cards, which was very nice. Yeah, right. We'll have to have a Star Wars theme every week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> we'll, every we'll week. think of something. Maybe not every week. All right, guys. Well, hope you all enjoyed the show. Just remember, if you haven't already, jump on your socials there, Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you chuck us a follow, like, share. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe on there as well. We are just about finished here, but before we do so, Mel has his weekly machination ready. My machination this week. Now, I actually went and helped a friend of ours put together one of those Bunning-style garden sheds, three metres wide, two metres high and two metres deep and all that kind of stuff. And it was genuinely beyond my friend's ability to do, but he put his hand up, tapped out and said, you know, I need some help with this. Don't be afraid to do that in your real life. Sometimes things are going to be beyond you. We all have that sort of thing that we do, and especially on the basketball court. No, don't be afraid to pass the ball. Don't Like if you're too far away from the ring, pass the ball. Shout out Dylan Brooks. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, since we're here, Dan, maybe a couple more passes. <laughs> maybe a couple more passes. Never. All right, well, that's a wrap, folks. Hope you all enjoyed the show once again. We hope you join us back next week because it will be jam-packed full of all the goodies we've already mentioned. So we'll be back same time, same place. But just until then, remember, that ball don't lie. It never does.